0: This is section 27 of Mark Twain, The Complete Interviews. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Interview 27. Mark Twain gets shaved. Pittsburgh, Penny Press, December 29, 1884, page 4. Read by John Greenman. Mark Twain's appearance as he underwent the operation of shaving in his private apartment at the Monongahela House this morning when a press reporter was ushered in, was strongly suggestive of Dickens' famous character Cousin Phoenix in Doombay and Son, and also reminded the scribe of a badly executed figure on a political transparency without enough light behind it. Time seems to have dealt pretty heavily with Mark of late years, for his hair and moustache are grey everybody who has seen him on the platform is familiar with the intense air of being completely hopelessly and inexpressibly bored which pervades the whole man and has doubtless thought that it was assumed but it is only necessary to meet him in private life to know that the man is really and truly tired of everything his manner of drawling his words is even more pronounced and noticeable in private than in public. His walk, his look, his way of sitting, or rather lying—in fact, his every motion is expressive of one word—boredom. "'How long since you were in Pittsburgh before, Mr. Twain?' asked the scribe. "'About fifty years.' was the answer, in a deep sepulchre voice that seemed to proceed from the soles of the funny man's boots. And how do you like it? As well as I did then. Again came the sepulchre reply. At this point a bell boy entered, bearing an autograph album. Friend what have you there? asked Mark. This uh, an aristocrat book what kelly done sent up to get you to write in. ''Do you and he expect me to write without a pen?'' drawled the humorist. ''I done forgot the pen. I'll go and tote one up.'' ''I've got one. I only spoke of the pen to see if you were true and loyal. Now, let me see. Where shall I write in this thing? I can't find a blank page, and it takes a whole page for me.'' "'Oh, here's an outlaw like myself,' and turning the book towards the scribe, the latter read, "'Bob Ford, the Slayer of Jesse James.' "'Bob and I are both outlaws and murderers,' Twain continued. "'He killed Jesse James, and I am constantly murdering the North American English, so Bob shall be my vis-à-vis.' and down went the name of Mark Twain opposite that of Bob Ford. The conversation turned upon magazine literature. The literary productions which fill the pages of the magazines nowadays, remarked Twain, are greatly superior to those of former years. We haven't got any autocrat of the breakfast-table to be run out we don't want an autocrat oftener than once in one hundred years. Of course, a generation or two ago, the magazines had Longfellow, Whittier, Lowell, and some more of those fellows who made literature for one or two generations, but take them out, and I think the magazine writing of to-day much better than it was in their time how do you like the idea of reading in a church asked the pressman referring to the fact that twain and cable are to appear in the cumberland presbyterian church tonight i don't mind it but i have always found going to church so conducive to slumber that i am afraid i may go to sleep perhaps by the time i have done so the audience also realizing the fact that they are in church, will be asleep also, and if Cable doesn't disturb us, we may spend a very pleasant evening together. "'Can you be funny in church?' "'I guess so, for I shall feel very funny there.' At this juncture Mr. George W. Cable entered the room. "'Here is my partner in crime.' why don't you bore him now?' And poor Twain, with the air of a man to whom death would be a boon as a relief from boredom, heaved a deep sigh, and looked so darkly and intently at the razor with which the barber had been scraping him, that the knight of the lead-pencil lost no time in transferring his attention to Mr. Cable, and asked that gentleman what first led him to turn his attention to literature. End of interview 27, read by John Greenman.